Greetings, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Conversations with Calcaterra. I am your humble host, Ken Calcaterra, and I am pleased to bring you another edition of the podcast. My good buddy Stephen Walden returns today with uh, with a group of his uh, merry band of artist friends. And these are an amazing group of people based in St. Louis who are making a living creating art. And that's not as common in St. Louis as maybe it is other areas. And it's still only a small percentage of people can actually make a living. And that's the only thing that they do. So really honored to uh, to have all these folks on our art panel talking about one of the big things is why create art, their their styles, some of the uh, art shows that they've been a part of, as well as some marketing tips. So if you are a budding artist or you're someone that just uh, has a passion for something and wants to uh, wants to learn different techniques or get it out there or just learn why people are doing the things that uh, that that just really give them just they're just jazzed about creating something. This is the episode for you to listen to. Uh, hopefully you'll go back and listen to other episodes of the podcast. You can go to KenCalcaterra.com and find those. But uh, yeah, thanks again for all your support. And I want to thank Stephen for his support, StephenWalden.com. And Stephen has graciously donated uh, various prints of his, which uh, I will raffle off via uh, KenCalcaterra.com. So what all you have to do is sign up for my mailing list. Once you're on it, then you are entered to win as these things uh, go on. So looking at the first one, and I'm still figuring out the dates, but maybe throughout uh, those who sign up throughout July and August uh, will be entered to win a rendering of the Rally Cat. So follow my Twitter. You'll you'll see more images from the different artists on today's show. Uh, you have the link to the show that you can share with friends and just get a better idea of what's going on. So just, just really jazzed to be joined by Stephen as well as Alex John Meyer. Uh, Lindsay Wanner and, and if you if you listen to the show you'll know that I just love music and I just I'm a lot of friends with a lot of musicians and just just uh, just love the vibe that, that a lot of people put out and Lindsay has really captured that vibe in her artwork and she's upcycling materials and and creating with uh, someone else's junk so to say just amazing art uh, last but not least we have Henrik uh, Potasevich and Henrik uh, comes to uh, the United States via England and is just an amazing artist in his own right who has been creating since before I was born and making a living doing so. So it's, I'm just really honored to have met him and for him to be a part of this. And he just shared a lot of wisdom and uh, just a different view on the world than the other artists had. So I think as far as a panel, it's just a great collective group of people. And uh, I learned a lot by by chatting with them, and it was just a great experience for me. So I'm hoping that you feel the same when you listen to it. So thanks again for that. I want to also thank uh, Dr. Mark Holland for his patronage, for his support of the show. Um, just an amazing friend, and uh, I just really it just it's really helpful to have that. You can also help the show if you enjoy it and uh, you you like what I'm putting out and you're, the conversations mean something to you, please share. Please share. Please comment. Be a part of the conversation via social media and, uh, and just keep it going. I have a lot of fun doing it. I, I really enjoy connecting with different people and want to connect with you as well via social media. I also want to thank Mike Albashan of Premier Insurance for his, uh, for his support and his friendship. Go to the show link and you can find the tag for that. 
Also, I will list these artists. I'll list the uh, social media and websites of the various artists that are on today's show. So you can connect with them. You can check out their artwork, um, buy some prints, go visit them at a show, you know, whatever you want to do. It's just good to get out. And as Hendrick brings up in our conversation, art really reflects what is going on in society. And it's a way for us to express ourselves and either speak for or against different issues and it's very important. So if you look through the years, uh, some of your favorite art, why don't you research and see what was going on with the time it was created and, and find out what the artist was trying to say. Again, uh, I'm Ken Calcaterra. KenCalcaterra.com is my website. You can connect with all my social media uh, through that. On Twitter, at Ken Calcaterra. Instagram, Ken Calcaterra. Facebook, Ken Calcaterra visual storyteller as well as conversations with Calcaterra so let's uh, definitely connect there and thank you again for listening and here they are this wonderful artist panel so it's great to be in a room with such talented people it's great to promote and uh, chat art with you guys so really I mean I guess the the first question is why art we tossing that up for anyone. Anyone. And just no. kind of to start, just mention your name so that everybody gets an idea who you are and then we'll they'll know. Yeah, excellent. Well, first of all, Ken, thanks so much for having us here. I'm uh, I think I'm kinda like the Alec Baldwin of conversations with Calcaterra. Hell yeah. Because it's like a what is this like my fifth or sixth one? Something do? like that. I lost yeah. count. But it's great to have you as always. Uh, good to be here. I'm Stephen Malden, uh, by the way. And um why art? Uh, God, that's a good question because art came to me later in my life. So it was less of me choosing a career in art and more that that career chose me. That's what I like to tell people. So and it's a fantastic story. Discovering art while you were working on learning therapy. Yeah. Pursuing my master's at uh, Webster University and was probably about two years into my program and took an art therapy class as an elective. And that's when I discovered that I could paint. My classmates saw my work, said, holy crap, dude, you need to get your stuff out there. I ultimately did. I submitted to a MySlart show where I first met Alex. Uh, that's uh, completely true. <laughs> Hi, Alex. <laughs> yeah, Hi. That was in late 2014. And I think that's a great segue to go to Alex next. That's fantastic. I love it. Hi, I'm Alex John Meyer. Um, let's see. I've been a professional painter for 10 years, but I've been painting for 25 years. Well, basically since I was like in high school or something like that. Anyway, so yeah, I was um, working with a nonprofit organization here in St. Louis called My St. Louis Art, which abbreviates to My Slart. I was with them for four years and that's when I first met Steve. And I actually remember the the very first time I ever met Steve and I said, oh my God, I love your stuff. I'm going to put you right here. <laughs> and <laughs> and I immediately took his paintings and I said, okay, this person's stuff is like kind of boring and really quiet and your stuff is like super loud and really awesome. I'm going to put you in the middle to break up all the boring. And like, and <laughs> and he was like, okay. That's true. I'd forgotten that story. But yeah, no, that's absolutely <laughs> true. I remember that. And I felt, man, that's so, that was such a gift. So I don't know if I ever thanked you for that, but I was so nervous because of like getting there and setting up and it was just this moment of acceptance. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I yeah. didn't scare you away. <laughs> no, well, you did, but you know, I felt accepted. I'm like, ah, oh, these are my kind of weird people. So, <laughs> and then now I, I've been volunteering with a transgender group support group called Metro Trans Umbrella Group. I'm one of the co-founders and the special events director. So that's like my passion, what I, I spend a lot of my time doing, but then also my art career is how I spend my time and, and, and days is between those two efforts. 
It's a lot on your plate. Yeah. yeah. I'm really good at juggling all the plates. Fantastic. What about you, Lindsay? It's your birthday and we're here. You're gracing us with your presence for this wonderful podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, for art, I guess for me, I didn't really even intend for it to ever become a career. I I used to draw when I was younger and um, I had a corporate job for like the past 10 years or so. And for some reason, I picked up the sketchbook again and like on my lunch breaks I would be drawing and people started like ordering tattoo drawings for me and like asking for like memorial drawings and stuff and I just thought it was kind of odd that like someone appreciated something I was making and then just kind of evolved into like more of an upcycling like using materials for my artwork kind of thing and and now obviously it's like my passion I I go out to my studio at like 7 a.m. without anyone telling me to and like it's sometimes dark by the time I'm like oh I guess I have to go back home now (laughs) isn't isn't that a great feeling I just love it I mean especially like from because you and I we both were corporate before we did art and one of the feelings I love most about being an artist now is not feeling that sense of impending dread that would come around Mm -hmm. on Sunday Sunday nights of having to go back to work on Monday Mm -hmm. and now it's like like you said getting up and Mm -hmm. going to work it's a choice and and loving that I mean that's that's pretty fantastic yeah is your studio in your backyard or in my garage in your garage like it was actually a carport and then my husband like closed it in to be a garage and then now it's just like basically a gallery space I have artwork on the walls and then like my easel has four places so I have like things that are in the works and and it's just like my little dream area. <laughs> my favorite thing is like, I wake up, I'm still in my pajamas. I get coffee, I schlump, I like sleepily stumble my way to the other end of my house. And I'm like, okay, time to work. Mm-hmm. Like, no fucks are given. Yeah. <laughs> at, at 2 p.m., which we should say at 2 p.m. No, at like noon. Uh, at like noon. Okay. <laughs> they call them artist hours, artist hours for a reason. Yeah. So we, we need to go over here. Yeah, and so Lindsay, you're doing this full-time now as well? Yeah. Oh, awesome. And then speaking of galleries, we have Henrik, who I just hear amazing things about his gallery, mm-hmm. and, and now I have to visit. Sure, you're always welcome to the Coconut Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that place. And mm. uh, Tim Tim does an amazing thing. The, the, main, uh, the main show we have there is Nautico, and... Uh, but uh, my name's Henry Tasevich. Uh, I'm English. I was born in the north of England in 1955, so I've had a lot more experience. I did the traditional art school route. I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I trained at St. Martin's School of Art in London. And when I was, even though I'm a graphic designer, when I was studying graphic design, we, we did a, there was still an emphasis on uh, illustration and nobody had a computer nobody did anything we even set type by hand no all this the changes that have come through the art world are just phenomenal so I've got traditional drawing and painting skills and I spent the majority of my career in uh, the fiberglass industry I'm actually a sculptor designer for several fiberglass industries and in 1984 I had the privilege to meet uh, an artist called Robert Lenkovich he was he should have been the the most famous artist in Britain unfortunately you know he's dead now and I used to go to his studio I used to give him paint 
and um, he'd, this man would paint 18 hours a day. He'd have model. He would do projects. So he'd have, uh, for the last project he, he did, he had over 800 people come in. He was a project about addiction. Every hour, an assistant would bring the next person in. They'd change the canvas and he'd paint. And uh, you knew that art isn't an easy option. You know, it isn't something that you wake up, muse bite you on the bum, you're out. You you work at it. It is a job. It is hard work. And uh, but the th- the reward is, you know, if you d- if by putting in that much work, you really up your skills. You really get to appreciate art. And for me, art is the highest calling I've ever had. It's, uh, you, you, you wanted to know what art meant to me. Art is everything. You know, I, I read art, I look at art, and with the internet now, you can, see, you can see as much art as you want, and it's total immersion. And now I've jettisoned just about everything. I just paint every day, all day, and, uh... Had a, had great, I've been in America nearly 20 years. Like I said, I'm at Coke in most days. But I do, you know, I go out. I don't just paint, I sculpt, I do abstracts, I do realism. It's all, it's, it's all the same. That's fantastic. Uh, real quick, while we're, we're early in it, let's tell everyone where they can find... I'll put a link on the, the show page, but just kind of tell everyone where they can take a look at your art. Alex? Okay. Um, right now I'm working towards a, um, I'm the featured artist at Green Door Gallery in September and October. And I'm excited. I've never been there before. The owners gave me a call and said, hey, we'd love to have you in our gallery. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And then I'm hoping to be, there's a brand new gallery um, on the Delmar Loop called Artists in the Loop. And um, the owner is super sweet and really friendly. I went in and talked with her and she said, yeah, I love your stuff. So I'm hoping to do that sometime in 2019. Um, Then there's a community, I would say community opportunity for like involvement it's called the south grand chalk walk it's run by justin king i'm going to be one of four like professional artists so i'll be creating art on the sidewalk in chalk for six to eight hours um and that's in october Mm -hmm. what about Um, like internet social media so like when somebody's listening to this years from now they they can still find you just in case you're at a different gallery at that point okay so on Facebook, I'm Alex John Meyer Art. Um, on Instagram, I am super keen, baby. Um, mm-hmm. And then my website, I'm actually in the process of changing the domain name. So um, right now, it's www.phillyalex.com, but I'm changing it to alexjohnmeyer.com. I am doing away with all things Philly. So because I my legal name is now Alexander John Meyer. Mm-hmm. So yes. Depending on when they are listening to this. <laughs> and then how does that, as far as you've painted for what, 10 years? I've painted for 25 years. Okay, but I mean professionally. Professionally or for, for the 10. past 10 years. Yeah. Under, under the Philly moniker. Yes. How does that? Well, how, for the last five years. Oh, five years. I started going by Philly Alex about yeah. five years okay. ago. And now I'm going full on Alex. Like Alex John Meyer will be, there will be no more Philly on anything. So when we look at branding, how, how is that going to affect you? Uh, when you change uh, <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. Because marketing is one thing we want to get into on this. So Stephen and Henrik have known me 
for many, many a year. And this was a very serious conversation that Stephen and I had was, you know, I worked my ass off to like establish Philly John Meyer and Philly Alex Art as like my brand. And I had I have my logo and I have it everywhere. And anytime I'm tagged as Philly Alex everywhere. And I was like, I had this sincere fear and hesitancy about breaking that brand that when people type in Philly Alex, mm-hmm. I'm the only thing that shows up. When people type in Philly John Meyer, I'm the only one that shows up. When people type in Alex John Meyer on Google, there's a guy that lives in Warsaw, Missouri that's gone to prison. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yes, my name sh- and my website and all the things that I've ever been tagged in and commercials and YouTube So you're and number podcasts. two behind the prison guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still number one. He, he doesn't have much of a presence on the Google. But it, it was this sincere fear for me of losing uh, my audience or that once people figured out I'm transgender that they'd be like, oh, oh, no. Jesus. Oh, no. You know, so I I definitely was, we really talked about, Stephen and I talked about this a lot. And I'm like, no, you know what? I am 40 years old. I've got to be authentic. I want to be visible. I want people to see and know that I'm not afraid. I'm not going to hide anymore who I am and and what I stand for. So Alex John Meyer all the time. I love that. Thank you. So that's pretty awesome. And it's, it's so interesting in that, um, as you know this, Alex, uh, that when people do publicly declare that they are transgender, they often lose family and friends. And you're talking about it in a business idea, like it's a branding idea. And I, I don't know, I'd never really thought about that until this very conversation. And you know, and that being um, also a part of the the transgender journey of a transgender individual's journey. So that's just that's I'm like the first openly like transgender artist to be not to toot my own horn, but to be as well known as I am. Um, there's another transgender artist here in St. Louis who is doing very well for herself named Zoe Nicholson. She's a great friend of mine. She was the assistant curator for um, Metro Trans Umbrella Group's annual art show. Um, so she's been in Wall Ball. She does Art of Pause. She's a, she's a very sweet, she's a good friend of mine. Um, so she's openly transgender as well. Um, but like she started her career as Zoe Nicholson and she's built her resume as Zoe Nicholson as where like I started my career and really worked hard to be known as Philly and and now if somebody calls me Philly I'll cut a, I'll cut you <laughs> I'm like don't you even say that name to me well I'm glad I didn't make that mistake when extending the invite to this yeah I'm like don't are you bleeding here right now my friend Terry Hinkle he's like he calls it the p word he's like the p word. I won't say the p word and I'm like that's right Right on. And one of the things, Stephen, when you and I talked about this, uh, I know one thing you're working on getting off the ground is workshops and things to help with branding and help with marketing. And so it's just cool to talk about this. We'll get more into the marketing. But but looking at what, what, your, what do you see as your personal brand? How do you define yourself, Stephen? Well, branding was always a really conscious choice when I started this because, like Henrik said, you know, making a career as an artist is hard mm-hmm. because there are so many artists who are out there. And... I watched a video early on uh, from this artist, uh, his name was uh, John, or is John Baldessari, and it was narrated by Tom Waits, and it's this wonderful video, so <laughs> I highly recommend you go out and check it out. But um, one of the things that Baldessari says is that really stuck with me is he says that talent is cheap. 
there are so many talented artists that are out there in any exhibit that I've ever been in. I've never been the best artist there, mm. but I have been the best marketer there. Mm. And I knew that that was the key to my career. And I think mm. other people have said, you know, they've told me, and I agree with it completely. My career is 25% art, 75% marketing. Mm -hmm. And, um, in knowing that it's like, how can I consciously create a brand? And with given my therapy background, I knew that if I was going to do art as a living, I wanted my art to help other people. So I started teaming up with charities and I knew that being in St. Louis, that, uh, the subject matter that would go over well with the crowd would be sports. You know, sports I joke, ball. I joke, you know, it's either, it's either the Cardinals or toasted wraps, you know, one of the two <laughs> and, um, much more upward, upward mobility with the cards. And so I started uh, uh, doing that and working with uh, charities and humanitarians, and that helped me build my brand as, you know, Stephen Walden, the sports artist that works with charities. And that just created this this inertia, this rolling ball that, you know, now I don't have to reach out to people mm -hmm. for gigs and events mm -hmm. and charities. They come to me. And mm -hmm. that's that's really fantastic because mm -hmm. there's... That's another part of the grind is to get your name out there and mm -hmm. to get things going. But once it's out there and it starts to build, people just start coming right. to you. It goes from like knocking down people's doors like, please look at me to like, oh my gosh, like I feel bad not even responding yeah. because mm -hmm. there's so many yeah. like charities come out of the woodwork at this yep. point. You're kind of like, I'm a good person, but I can't do it for everyone. Yeah. So you get to the point where you're kind of like selecting a few yeah, that are totally. really important yeah. to you. I was yeah. talking with Jeff Kapfer. He's a local St. Louis artist, and he's he's one of the big dogs. We all aspire to, you know, one of the big birds. Yeah, wow, that was good. One of the big birds. <laughs> um, and Jeff and I were talking last year, and I was like, "How do you decide which charity events to do?" And he's because he he can't do them all. Everyone wants a free painting. Mm -hmm. Everyone mm -hmm. wants. Oh, yeah, everyone wants some pretty videos right. and all that. So yeah. I've been definitely and so become I was more like, selective. How do you decide which ones to do? You know, which, mm -hmm. which which ones are worth your time and and so i've really appreciated him i don't i think of him as my equal but i in a way he is kind of a mentor because he's been doing this longer than me mm -hmm. um so like i appreciate his input and his feedback and i kind of like what would what would jeff capfer do in this mm. situation WWJD. i've totally said yeah. that to you before what would steven do yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i think of that like almost because we this is something where it's just like a one-man business usually and a lot of things you're just kind of trial and error and figuring things out so it's so great to be able to like look at someone who's like doing it and you know what works and what doesn't work and mm -hmm. instead of reinventing the wheel just kind of seeing what they're doing yeah and, i think the cool in, on shark tank they call us the first penguin you know the first or no the first what is it? The first otter that jumps in the water and that gets chewed up by the sharks. You know, <laughs> but I do feel, like we wouldn't do that. <laughs> I do feel like it's important to do charity events. I do feel like it is important to give back to the community. I do feel like it's important to like a lot of artists use charity events as a way to get commissions or as a way to build their fan base. I mean, and yes, those things are hopefully true, but I feel like it's more important to like do good. That's like one of my motivating factors and Steven and Henrik know this about me, like helping other people with my art is like one of the, my main drives mm -hmm. is what do I want to say and how do I want to help people with what I create? Mm -hmm. So I do art of pause um, every year, even though, you know, it's maybe at a bad time of year for me, like professionally. Um, I always make time for art of pause. It's so art of pause is a fundraiser for the St. Louis effort for AIDS. Um, and their pause program provides, um, the finances necessary for individuals living with HIV and AIDS to be able to afford to keep their pets and all of their pets healthcare needs. Um, so pause is a great program. And I've been involved with that now for four years. Um, last year I was on the artist committee, but, and this, but this year I'm not, I'm not 
running it. So I'm kind of thankful. Terry Willits and Charlie Hauska and Jeff Kapfer are fantastic. And I'm so thankful that they put on such a great show. And, and the interesting thing with all this, it doesn't, not just for artists or fine artists, but it could be photographers, it could be writers, just that personal brand and, and how you market yourself. Musicians, I've worked with a lot of musicians over the years, and it's just, and even myself with my own, I think I'm a decent marketer, but not as good as I can be. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. I think part of the thing is, as artists, we want to create something new, and it's on to that next work. And it's just hard to, you know, put too much time yeah. into the marketing where that's one of the most important things if we're going to make a living doing it. Um, I go by it to, uh, you know, what you were saying about getting up early. You do the work first and then it gives you the t- time to sit back a bit, do the marketing. Mm-hmm. The, they they do go together. But the, the first and foremost, don't... Don't go down the road of marketing, doing all the PR stuff, and losing track of why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. You've got to you've got to satisfy yourself. And uh, playing uh, being art uh, being an artist is like being a, you know playing the you've got to practice your scale, scales. You've got to make art for yourself, and then you've got to do satisfy the commercial side. So there's mm-hmm. three things to it, but. Uh, and plus the marketing, you know, but, but don't lose track of why you're doing it. And um, I've never had problems with getting out of bed, motivating myself. That's, you know, I'm, I'm way past that. I wake up every day, I know I'm an artist. That is it. I I don't have to wrestle with, uh, you know, this and that, you know. No. You're an artist. I think you're an artist. You're born an artist. Yeah. You're not even, you know. You you, you spend your t- life skirting around the edges saying, you know, oh, could I, you know, I just, if I just do this, then it'll give me the time to be an artist. Yeah, I can save enough money so I can paint for three months. No. Just, so can I ask you a question, Henry? Sure. I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, like, personally. I know we spend a lot of time together. So you've never struggled with like feeling burnt out or just being like, God. Changing medium. Ch- I, I pay, I sculpt, I, I do. So you are always switching I it do, up. Yeah, you know that phrase, change is as good as the rest? Mm. Utilizing. You know, if you if you find, you you know, you, t- you do, you get tired painting. Yes. So, you know, make stuff. You know, go into the abstraction. Yeah. Go, you know, make other stuff. You may, you know, going back to marketing, you may have to change your name, you know, market it under a different brand, and uh, don't be frightened to do that, you know. Last it, year, it, pardon. Oh, I was gonna say because last year, I mean, you and I talked about this. Last year, I had my first solo show, and after that, like, I was creatively tapped out. Like, oh. I just, I just. But you're still creative. You still wake up. You still wake up. Um, you know, wanting to make art. Yes. You just. Right. I was exhausted, though, like right. just mentally and emotionally exhausted. And right. like, I saw that coming. Oh, God. Because <laughs> of how hard you were working and how you were just so singularly focused. It was like a it was like a boxer training for a heavyweight match. For so I don't understand. I, I admire you, Henrik, so much because you paint every single day. Yeah, but I, like I'm you paint like what, eight I, or I, ten haven't hours. Got, I haven't got. As many responsibilities. Well, that's as, true. I still know, have. So. I have a partner and a child, and right. You don't. Yeah. You, I don't. You know, I don't go there. And um, 
you have to sure you do go there but you have to you know leave it at the studio door well yeah I have like there are three locks between my my studio (laughs) and where my child may or may not be running around doing whatever the hell she's doing so there's like three actual doors that like create a a barrier between my personal life pressurized lock yeah but you can't (laughs) isolate yourself either do you know what you were saying about teaching you know, get out amongst people. Uh, that's know? actually something I was going to say. We were talking about marketing. And I feel like, yes, creating the art is important. Yes, marketing is important. But I feel like being out and, and about the community is integral. Yeah. I, I agree. That's where I get, if I get too isolated in yep. my work, then I, I get burned out. I don't want to do it. But then when you get out and talk to people about the work, or this podcast is a form of that, then it gets me excited to, to mm-hmm. do more work and create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like, sure. I was... And art is just such a naturally isolating act, or at least I think yes. the way that we all create, right. the people who are at this podcast, the way they create art, we have to isolate ourselves or we, you know, it's, I mean, unless we're like painting from life or something like that, but at the same time, it is a singular solitary act. And that's something that I really had to watch because I, you know, dove in with the enthusiasm still that Lindsay is talking about, but at the same time, um, I, I was doing it so much. I realized that I was shutting myself off from other people and that was wearing me down. Mm-hmm. You have kids, you have, you know, a husband and, you know, so you still have, you get to see people, you yeah. know, like for me to see people mm-hmm. during the day, I've got to go to fucking Qdoba, you know, yeah. to like, you have to make, an, have to make yeah, an effort. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. We should go there. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of changing. So Lindsay, you started when, when I first met you, you were creating these cool flag pieces with mm-hmm. baseball bats and baseballs just really cool um and then you have since expanded to even just this much cooler realm where you're taking like recycled items which remind me i have some old bicycle rims for you that you may be able to use i can Um, and and you're creating with like these recycled or upcycled materials and you're taking what people are throwing away and creating just these amazing pieces yeah. tell about I, when did I you love discover that your record the, your pieces made from records yeah, those are oh my phenomenal. god my favorite and they're okay he, when he when i started doing that you told me i was in my groove and it's funny because like all artists like are trying to kind of find that thing that's like unique and my mom kept telling me like don't beat yourself up that like it's not something that's like invented or like never been done before mm-hmm. like think of how many people like paint on canvas it's not right. like you know it's kind right. of the expression that's what's beautiful and I but for me I didn't want to make just flags like I I was actually initially branding myself as that remember I mm-hmm. bought the, the domain flag, yeah Betsy Boss yeah Betsy Boss <laughs> what <laughs> Betsy he was boss? like I just like this it's idea. a plan Betsy Ross right yeah, yeah. it's just gonna like like on the flag corner and um and I was just like gonna be the flag lady and I didn't really <laughs> do that on purpose and then um it kind of evolved into more like upcycling other things and which I'm really glad because I never meant to steal like the sports um <laughs> Like thing from you and I oh, try no. to stay in my little music realm as much as I can because I love what you do and I you know but um the the vinyl pieces are kind of like my my baby and I love it and I keep going with it because I feel like looking back at the initial pieces it was kind of just like this floating head and it was only like maybe two or three layers of vinyl records that I was using to create mm-hmm. the depth and it's 
it's beautiful to me because that's where I came from, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a very elaborate piece for someone to buy, which is fine. I still have um, the initial Elvis piece that I made, and I kind of want to keep it just as mm-hmm. a memento of, like, mm-hmm. this is where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, now the pieces, like, I literally there's like a thing where it says like just try to be better than your year ago self or just compete with your previous self and Mm -hmm. i love that so much because honestly that's all i care about is looking back at my other work and going i can do way better than that so like Mm -hmm. i'll go i'm gonna make another elvis Mm -hmm. and he's gonna have a full body Mm -hmm. and a guitar in his hands because i just want to challenge myself and show people how it has evolved and i think it's pretty evident like if you look at the first pieces and then like now and that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing is like just i don't know where i'm gonna go with this it just changes so rapidly that's the exciting thing is to see like where are we going to be as artists in the future, yeah. you know, one of my, I, I, one of my um, now favorite quotes I just read, and it said that your future self is talking shit about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and it, and kind of, I mean, you you described it much more eloquently and and with much more uh, nurturing tone of like, oh, I love it. It shows you know where I where I was, and I was trying to find my way and to figure these things out. And so yeah, but I mean, you're still you're upping your game yeah. with each one. And the other thing is yeah. like, otherwise for me, it's like if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, boredom sets in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And boredom of death now yeah well and i think uh if we go back to a podcast where the tattoo artist named matt hodell he had mentioned that like when people come in for <laughs> career days in in colleges and whatnot that it's usually the people that that have really made it and so you start comparing yourself to that person and it, just like henrik if i started painting today and i was comparing myself to him he's painted his whole life it's i'm i'm gonna be frustrated and never achieve right. anything Therefore, it's, yeah, I think that's just really profound, Lindsay. It's starting someplace and then using yourself as a barometer. And not being afraid to look stupid. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, if I would have been worried about it, like, my whole thing is, like, on Facebook, I just have always been like, look what I made. You know, not like that. I didn't say that. But I would always post, like, my recent works. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I, and I even look at my Facebook memories and I'm like, oh, gosh, you know. But, like, if I was really concerned about what someone thought about it, at that time I would have never gotten to where I am so Mm -hmm. I think just not being afraid to like hear the snickers or like know that maybe someone's going what is she up to because guess what like just follow along because I know you're watching you know (laughs) even though you're not liking or commenting they're watching and then Mm -hmm. eventually they're going to see wow like that's a lot better than what it was before and you know and unless we can teleport, it's like in, in this journey as as artists, when we go through it, you have to go through yeah. certain points. So if we're driving from New York to L.A., we're going to cross through all these different cities. Um, even flying, we have, you know, a certain voyage. But, uh, you know, no one just like pops, snaps their fingers, and then right. you're a great artist. It's, it is a journey, and it's learning those lessons. And, and in today's world, it's a public journey. Yes. <laughs> I think as long as you... Given giving it one hundred percent, then, you, um, yeah, don't be frightened of criticism. Everybody critiques you. Uh, as you actually get older, one of the one of the you you don't even know this yet, but as you get older, uh, there is a worry that you've already created the best thing <laughs> you're gonna make. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, you look at Matisse, you know, tripled in bed, made the. Best art he'd ever made. At and what age was that? He was eighty. That's plus. fantastic. And uh, yeah, he could. He, he actually had a nurse who cut out 
uh, you know, the jazz series, Matisse, the circus. I'm not familiar. I have to okay. check it out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, you know, Matisse, one of the Forbes, uh, amazing draftsman, you know, uh, incredible painter. In the end, he couldn't, the only thing he could do was cut out sheets of colored paper and his his nurse stuck them to the wall and when when he was happy with it and you know there's a lot of graphics that you'll recognize his symbols Mm -hmm. from and um you know but like i say as an older artist you always there's always that you know i mean the, it's a cliche you know what's your best piece you know oh it's the next one yes mm-hmm. yeah it's but it's a truism as well and uh but there is that fear that you'll never be as creative but you've you've just got to work with it i think as long as you give 100 yeah. percent, never yeah sure yeah sure you're never satisfied the image you start off with in your mind's eye is never the finished painting. I feel that same way. Like when I redid Elvis just recently, like I had the initial one I made and then like this new one and I'm like I I had this whole post planned out in my head like, "Oh, here's the Elvis that I made now. Let's compare it basically." And I was like not satisfied with what I had just made. I'm like mm. this was supposed to be kind of like an eye-opening thing for me, but I think what really opened my eyes was that it it's not good enough now and that's because it's going to keep propelling me to just want to do another Elvis even better mm-hmm. and then like imagine what the fourth or fifth one's going to look yeah, like and at some point you just have to let go and say alright I put as much time as I can into this piece and then use that experience and what you learned yeah. for the next one and then yeah then if a year down the line or two years you create your next Elvis then it'll be that much better mm-hmm. but I think it's just one of those things I don't think a piece whether it be a video or a painting or whatever artistic endeavor is ever truly finished because we could go over and over and over and over and just drive ourselves freaking nuts I finished my stuff and it's done that's like, great I like I started painting and I'm like I want it to look like this and I don't stop working on it until it looks like that and then I can I'm then I'm like Okay, I'm done. Like the only, I would say there's only been one painting my entire career that I just really hated, and it was those Lego heads. <laughs> I hated. And it's good. And somebody, somebody saw it and said, "Oh my god, I love it. Let me buy it." And I said, "Yes, take it, mm-hmm. take it away from my eyes." But somebody else loved it. So, but like for me, like no, when I'm done, I have no problems just putting the paintbrush down, walking away, mm-hmm. sealing it. It's like I'm happy with it. So, like very seldomly have I ever struggled with feeling like a piece isn't done like for me it's like nope it's done great let's move on what's next mm-hmm. like so i don't know I, I know a lot of artists who are like they could just keep on working on mm-hmm. it forever mm-hmm. and that is not how i have ever been yeah i another one of my quotes i like is uh get it done not perfect and and i like that because i also know that like to your point alex that yeah there are some artists that that pain and anguish over a piece of whether or not it's done and they work it and work it and work it and i'm like at some point you just get numb to it and you just got to put it down and just say it's done because it's impeding you from moving on to the next piece Mm -hmm. the best piece yeah uh and there's also the you know as a commercial artist you know you've got a deadline Mm -hmm. set a deadline Mm -hmm. and sure you could check you, you look at it and you think oh wish that changed the you know wish that mm-hmm. there was a different background color wish you know blah 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 forget it finish it mm-hmm. uh the other trick is to paint different scales different 
uh, meaning size paintings, uh, sketch, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I often, I, you know, I'll, I'll work a long time on a piece, but also you'll find me, you know, you were talking about where you'd find me. Uh, I s- sit outside heirloom and draw people. You know, the traditional Parisian street artist. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it is such a nice way to meet people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of a conversation, they've got a painting or a drawing. Mm-hmm. And um, t- that's what I mean, switch it up. So if, you do, if you're really invested in a piece, the next one, you know, do two small ones, do three small ones, triptych, whatever. You know, just keep... Keep everything in flux, and that will really help you get through any. Oh, you just gave me an idea for my next. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. That is that is it. Not every piece has to be the same scale, the same size, the same uh, you know investment. Yeah. Just yeah, just do it. It's art. You know, that's what it is. You know, it is your definition of art, and you're in charge. Don't let the art take over. Don't let the dog, you know, tell what the dog. You cannot do that. Just you're always it's your vision, and go with it. So we know how when Stephen first discovered art. So it was recent, the past two or three years. Uh, Lindsay, how about you? When I discovered art. Yeah. When did you discover you wanted to be an artist, or that was your calling? Oh gosh. Um. I guess when the baseball flags really took off. <laughs> like, um, I was making these American flags out of baseballs and baseball bats, and there's a baseball lover within a five like second radius, mm-hmm. you know, in anywhere St. Louis, in St. Yeah. Louis. So they were just going like crazy, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. But, um, I don't know. But but why? Why did you decide to make those baseball flags? What drew you to that? Um, I don't. My mom has always been very crafty. Like she takes, um, you know, she'll she had a business where she would just use people's actual furniture they had and like redecorate their house. And it's like it's funny to me. I never really picked up on those things. But someone has asked me that before for a magazine um, interview. And basically, I realized that both of my parents are artists, but they weren't actually the artist that I was thinking of, you know what I mean? Like my dad drew back in school and stuff like that. And he was really good at it, but never really made a career out of it. So, but I think I do get that from them. Um, I've just kind of taken more of a hold of it and it's, it's really great to be able to like make it my job, of course. Mm -hmm. And you, so you didn't go to, you didn't have any formal training. You just started doing it and wow. And you're, so you, where'd you discover the, the vinyl? Uh, how how to put that together? How, how long did it take you to figure like this is what I want to do? So and it to- was really like killing me because I I didn't like the idea of having the baseball flag like business that I was doing uh-huh. without it being like my like design or my creation. So it bothered me. And I had this office job, so I was I had you know the internet at my disposal at all times, and so I would sometimes go to Pinterest and just be looking at different things, and I'm like, I sometimes, have to- yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> But I was trying to find that thing that could be like my thing. And I think the best thing to do is kind of like I read that book, um, Steal Like an Artist. I don't know if you guys have. It's actually really awesome for anyone in any career. But basically, it's um, I was just looking.
looking for inspiration and I had to see what is out there and what has been done in order to find out like what was kind of not done yet. And so like I, I was just digging and digging and I had this folder on Pinterest of all the things that like I just loved, things that spoke to me and that I loved. And what I realized was like most of it was music. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I love music more than I thought, at least the, you know, part of it as art. And so I found this like um, graphic designer, his name was Kieran Monahan. He's in Ireland and a lot of his stuff has like these layers and I was really drawn to that kind of like vector art um, graphic design I'm sure you know and so then I when I saw a picture of prints it was like purple silver and black and to me I was like oh black vinyl records silver CDs and purple like the shimmer on the CDs that's what I see like I don't know if you notice those things as artists like I want my mind's always kind of working like that and I was like, I'm going to try to make that picture of prints. It was a graphic image, design image, and um, and I recreated it using the records and stuff. And I remember telling my mom, like, I'm going to make a picture of prints out of records. And she's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, like, it, it, once I had it, like, this tangible thing to show people, and you were actually, you guys were there that night at um, the baseball event we went to at Dave & Buster's. That's when I oh, first yeah, met yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And I showed a picture to him, and I go, look at what I'm working on, oh. you're like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, like, yeah, you found it. You're like, don't sell this for any less than $2,000. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> and like, now that's what I do. And Fantastic. And, and so you make prints as well. So people, prints of prints. Yeah. And say, yeah prints, prints. Prints, prints. Prints. <laughs> Printception. Nice. <laughs> So looking at lo- looking at that, um, so if somebody doesn't have two thousand dollars but loves what you're doing, they yeah. can order a print where? Yeah, like a canvas reproduction of all of my work. My website is lindsaywarner.com, and um, and how I do, can, how do you spell that? L i n d s a y w a n n e r. And I'll put a link. So please, everyone, go to the show page on SoundCloud or on my website kencalcaterra.com. We're getting into the marketing section here in a moment, but yeah, it's it's just amazing looking at that, and I seeing on the comments on Facebook it's just really cool thank you so it's nice to see the new pizza Muhammad Ali is fantastic yeah um that's just it's it's really cool to see what you come up with next and what I love is like you'll put the uh the image of the vinyl and say, guess what this is going to be yeah mm-hmm. and so I have to think a little bit and then you then you you show another one and it's uh, and it's forming and Stephen does this as well he'll put like the outline and then do those things so as far as an interactive experience it's cool to follow along mm-hmm. um so I guess it's a good segue for for marketing and creating content to really engage people with with the art, um, I mean, Stephen, when did you first decide to start putting in progress pictures? And Lindsay, did you learn that from him, or is that something you came up with on your own? Mm. Do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I think if I go back to it, it was kind of like when I was still in school and I was in the art therapy class. I'm like, hey, here's the thing that I'm working on, and it got positive feedback, and I just kept doing it because. I like attention. I like validation. Mm-hmm. You know, I like confirmation. Um, you know, all of these things. And I don't know, Lindsay, you said something earlier of like, you know, not. Well, it was something to the effect of not caring what people think, or you right. know, like not being afraid of looking silly. Yeah, and um, I don't have that. You know, it's like to me, it's like I a part of me is always going to need that validation of like this is good. You know, and I, I, there's something about it that. If, I, if social media weren't what it is now, I don't know how much I would create art 
quite frankly, because a lot of it, it does feed that attention part that I know that I need. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I think we've all probably also done art in public at some point. So there's, so there's an exhibitionist nature in us somewhere that we need to have this public attention on us. Um, you just got bit by the bug recently at the thread event doing your first public yeah. piece. Yeah. So, I mean, um, that, that part is different for me. Um, in that, uh, to me it was, it was encouragement and, and I would not have otherwise thought that I could even, you know, have any kind of career with art until people started reaching out to me like, Hey, could I pay you to do something for me? Like, Holy shit. People want to pay me to do this. <laughs> I'm doing this for class. I'm doing this for me. And it's just been this gradual stair step, you know, and then I put something up for auction and it goes for an amount like, Holy shit, really? You know? And I'm, it, it's just, um, it's just been a progression for me. That's fantastic. And then, yeah, so I, I kind of battle sometimes with like how much or what kind of content mm-hmm. to put out. Um, and because I, I think some people when they post their art pages it's they want to have a very concisely you want them to look at it right away and go that's their style that's what they do like some people literally only post pictures of their work but then again if you're not really like showing who you are or what you're about that's exactly what i was getting ready to say for me i'm always at this battle of the difference between my art page mm-hmm. and my personal yes. facebook profile so, like, my personal Facebook profile, I show pictures of my kid and what I'm doing on the weekends and how I'm hanging out with my friends. And But there is this over, like, this Venn diagram, if you will, mm-hmm. of where my personal life mm-hmm. and my art career and my art and all of these charity events and the nonprofit that I help run, a lot of those things really overlap. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I which things do I put on right. my art page and which things do I not? And so, like, for example, like the post I just um, put up, uh, what, two days ago that I was changing the name of my website and my brand, I, I wrote a personal thing, uh, you know, I wrote a personal status and I shared the same personal status on my art page. And that isn't something I normally do. Mm-hmm. I don't normally talk about my struggles. I don't normally mm-hmm. talk about my insecurities on my art page. On my art page, I'm like, yeah, but Alex did they John respond Meyer. well? Like, yeah, people, people love that, like, yeah. authenticity, I think. Yeah. And especially now with Instagram, like the Insta stories, and even on Facebook now with the Insta or Facebook stories, like, that could be like your reel of what's going on in your life if you're willing to share. Because I think people like, like to know that side of you and that you have dimension and you know mm-hmm. what I mean and it almost kind of opens it up like I think Bobby Bones said if you want them to love you you have to let them in mm-hmm. like it is a little risky but it also mm-hmm. is so rewarding because people are like I like her or I like him that's really cool what they're mm-hmm. doing and that's like, why so many YouTube channels are popular right now because in a lot of those no one's creating anything they're just being themselves mm-hmm. so you know I, I see some good in that and some bad um just like you know, I, I like to see creation and and look at what somebody this craft that someone's developed versus just hey guys, right. you know, or hey we're gonna throw you know I'm gonna put my friend in a box and throw him off the roof. Right. Right. Well, it's like Henrik says, you know, it's like you got if you want to be an artist, you got to make art, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that's so interesting to me is that I find that like twenty five percent of my of my time is spent making art. The other seventy five percent is the hustle, the networking, mm-hmm. the marketing, all the other and that's stuff. That's the part I hate. I, I like it all. I, I think yeah, about you've, you've, you know, you've got to learn to live it. I hate it. I hate every. I hate it all. <laughs> Social media. Yes, I. I don't. I. That's not true. You don't hate it all. 
a part of you probably hates it all. I enjoy going to I enjoy going to art events. Mm-hmm. I enjoy going to galleries. I enjoy enjoy throwing. I, I you know putting on art shows. I enjoy like being in public and doing, mm-hmm. but actually like posting and typing and working like sitting in front of any kind of technology and creating a, a thing that says hey look at me right. i hate it that's what you need an assistant for. But what about what about it. the feedback that you get from it the positive feedback that you get from it do you like that when people say like you're doing a great job you know, we're, <laughs> we're here for you we support you you know especially if you're going through like a tough time or something or a period of self-doubt you know i mean that's that's also another well, side okay, of that Okay, so coin. to go back to this whole concept of, you know, posting work in progress photos. Like mm-hmm. I've done, you know, I've had my my Facebook fan page and my website for 10 years now. And I I posted those work in progress photos from the very beginning, even whenever I was still, you know, cuz I used to be a photographer, I used to do mm-hmm. senior portraits and weddings and babies and and I and I whenever I first started my 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 LLC and I was designing jewelry. Jewelry. Yes. And so I would take the money from my jewelry sales and talk about hustle. (laughs) Uh, But I took the money from my jewelry sales and the photography. And that's how I first started like making money. Then then that's how I bought the golden paints. And that's how I could afford to start shopping at like art Mart and like buying grown up art supplies. Um, So, (laughs) I didn't say nothing about nothing. No. (laughs) No shade. I'm not throwing shade. Stephen was throwing the shade. What you all listening can't see is that Stephen just gave Lindsay like a side eye. Like, hey, I know you're still using those Liquitex student grade paints. They were in your pictures too. You used them. And and Stephen. I used them too. Yeah, I even used house paint. Yeah, same. Now, okay, Keith Bazer at Art Mart, you know, we all get, we get a significant discount at art mart with the student grades but i don't use them like i just i'll just use the student grade stuff for like a base coat like you know mm-hmm. an undercoat right. but then when it comes don't to let me distract from we can okay i'll, what I'll talk I... shit to Lindsay off all, all, all right all right yeah. all right but anyway <laughs> well, uh, use, use what you can to create at the time and then yeah. expand i didn't come I from art school message so. okay continue it's fine what, were, what was so I, we're talking about social media. You you hate putting it uh, out there. Is that from just being uh, humble, or is it what? What do you truly hate about it? Uh, sorry. Okay, grown up time. Yeah. What? I mean, I hate when people are like pretentious. I mean, maybe I feel like I'm pretentious if I'm just talking about myself too often. Yeah, I, 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 this social yeah. media. Okay, the social yeah, media. Know, it it is all about yourself. I know it is, but I'm just. I kind of have a little honest, bit of a. To be completely honest. Me, like, this is me being vulnerable for a second. My love language is validation, words of affirmation. Like, and if you don't know what the love language is, go Google that shit because you should. Everyone has a love language. My love language is is words of affirmation mm-hmm. and like, hey, good job. Like, I'll, I will often grab Steven's hand when we're talking and make him pat me on the head <laughs> to tell me I'm doing good. Because I still, yes, I'm 40 and yes, I'm a professional artist, but I mm-hmm. still really struggle mm-hmm. with feeling like I am good enough and that I'm working hard enough and that people like my work. And and so for me, putting out there on social media, hey, I made this thing, tell me how awesome I am, mm-hmm. is is me seeking attention. And that makes me feel mm-hmm. like... Like a little self-conscious. So yes, ah. self-conscious. And then when if people do engage, I don't believe them. They're just being nice. And then if they, and if they do engage, 
then I'm like, I'm like, oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. And well, there's something about, I think there's something about a guilt for needing it. You yes. know, it's like, why, why do I right. need praise? I was raised but Catholic, like, so I feel guilty about <laughs> everything. <laughs> no, and, and I identify with that too. I identify that, with that as well. Yeah, yeah. Praise, yeah. praise, I need praise. And that's like going back to what I was Attention just saying. Whore. That it's like, you know, well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a judgment, you know, it's like. On I'm, myself, I'm, absolutely. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I know that I, I am fueled by attention. And, and I found a healthy way to do it and that, well, one of the ways I'm getting attention is that I'm helping other people. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why I say altruism is bullshit. People are like, oh, you're so great. And, you know, you're doing this stuff for charity. I'm like, yeah, I am, but I'm also doing it for me. It makes me feel good, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, yeah. it's like, there's that reward yeah, and you that have to goes pay, on there. Pay the rent. I mean, the electric yes. <laughs> company does not give a shit if you're like, well, hey, you know what? I just, yeah. I just raised $10,000 for charity. Could you give me a break on my bill this yeah. month? And you're I, like, I wrote into Amarin. I wrote into Amarin. It's like, they asked me for 150 bucks, but I'm a good person. So. Yeah. No, it didn't. It didn't so, yeah, I mean, you have to take care of yourself. And Absolutely. There's, there's some saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm never good with remembering quotes. But, I mean, if you're if you're in a desert and you're not drinking water, then you're going to die. And uh, there's – yeah, so you have to d- take care of those needs. Mm-hmm. I just – whatever that quote was, I don't know. I just threw out some bullshit. That's a good one. But... If you're in the desert, drink water. Yeah. yeah. That's a good quote. But, but if you don't drink – if you're giving your water away to someone else – Unless maybe you're a camel or some shit like that. <laughs> okay. Put your so, oxygen oh mask on first. Before, and then drink. Yeah. yeah. Ten years ago, whenever I started my company, and it was immediate, people were like, oh my God, I love your paintings. Oh my God, I love your jewelry. Oh my God, I love your photography. And the commissions mm-hmm. never stopped rolling in. It never stopped. Like So there was you know, validation in money, mm-hmm. validation in people wanting their name on that waiting list. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, I'm two years out of my waiting list. And Stephen finally convinced me that I need to start saying no. Yeah, totally. It doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, that, to only paint the things that I really want to yeah. paint. But it's so for me, validation is people people buying pieces, people buying prints, people sharing. Um, there's an online um, international art artist sharing website that I, I am actually the Midwest ambassador. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it's nice. called Art Artist Artwork. Um, my friend Albert runs it. It's out of Canada. Um, but like, you know, if your painting gets shared on that international Facebook fan page, it gets seen by millions of people. And like that for me, like it's the day to day. I don't, but like whenever my art is shared on like an international page and like a thousand people have seen it and like, you know, 200 people have shared Mm -hmm. one of my paintings. And like right now, um, my typewriter painting is the cover art for that page right now. That's amazing. Like, uh, the day-to-day people being like, I love you. I love what you're working on. And I'm like, oh, no, it's mm-hmm. fine. Whatever. But then, like, it's, I don't know. Is there a difference between, like, what? I, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you're talking about, um, it's something about status. It's something about um, legitimacy. Yeah. Like, here's the, the praise means more considering the source. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And so does that, totally. does that mean then that, you know, we all start here and you can't get here if you don't put in the time down here? Mm-hmm. I think it's about becoming more global than just local because we've heard all the people around us already tell us what we're doing is cool. So the fact that they say it 400 times, we're just like, eh, I know, <laughs> like, I know you like it. Okay. But I want someone in Australia to like it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Maybe just being a little bit more recognized outside. Or for you, it's with doing celebrity works and you want the celebrity yeah. to, to acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like I'll make a piece of like um, a musician and then try to get in touch with their people to have them sign it or something just mm-hmm. for that kind of extra added That's element. Cool. Well, and I think we always expect, I mean, friends and family are always going to love what we do. That's and they're, not they're, true. <laughs> maybe not. Well, I mean, so not always, but majority friends. of the time. We can count on But it's, it's not as objective. Right. Uh, it's more subjective. Like, oh, it's my friend Steven. He yes. did this great work. and or, or somebody will ask you, like, what do you think of this? And if they don't really know art, they're probably not going to give you that That just, oh, well, this is the colors off on this. And that's subjective as well. But People often will be like, oh, wait, it's it's a painting? They assume that my pieces are photographed sometimes. And I'm like, are you a... a <laughs> I mean, of course it's a painting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Be professional. Uh-huh. I do uh-huh. that too. Yeah. That's a, I would see that as a supreme compliment, frankly. If someone's mistaking your photorealistic yeah, paintings as photos. That's fantastic. But then they're not impressed because anybody can take a photo. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's just limited that. knowledge yeah. of art. It's, you know, somebody who's... Or when somebody looking. calls a painting a picture. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't bother Classy. me. Well, people... They, <laughs> Um, at this one restaurant I go to frequently, um, one of the, the servers there, she's like, oh, you guys, he's a real good drawer. You want to see his drawings. <laughs> his drawings. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> so, uh, Henrik, I mean, what do you look at as, as far as how are you using social media? Because, I mean, it's right. pretty new. You've been creating art right. for a number of years. You're our elder statesman. Uh, right. How has it, that it, changed it, what you've done and how you feel about it? Yeah, funny should say that because uh, when I make art, I don't see it. Uh, I always, you know, go back to his history. You know, art to me is, uh, it, it's got a purpose. It's, you know, art answers questions. And then all of a sudden, you know, I woke up one day and I had to, <coughs> excuse me, I had to all of a sudden be, become a spokesman for it. And it's like, wow, it's, it's, um, it's still new still novel and um, like you say I, th- I think most people are introverts but you know that de- that time they're in the spotlight it's like wow hmm. you know I enjoy it I uh, um, you do you always uh, it is nice you know I I do a thing for the humane society same thing and uh, yeah it, it works for me anyway yeah everybody's different so you know, I'm speaking for myself. And, uh, yeah, I love it. But, yeah, as far as marketing, yeah, they, um, I, I owned an Instagram account um, 250 days ago because I post every day now. Mm-hmm. It just as a way of getting to know my own art. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you hide it in a corner somewhere, you don't see it. Uh, Storage dead. Storage, storage is the biggest problem of being an artist. <laughs> the um, yeah, it it is hard. You you do have to go out on a limb, but more and more, I have people working for me. Uh, Jennifer Suits, the art beacon, got to put a na- throw her name out there. Uh, doing a marvelous job for me, and yeah, you know, she says, oh, got to do this, got to go there, you know, go see Ken. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll be there, you know. And uh, it, it, it definitely, you know, I hear, you, I hear you three talking and it's like, 
I should be taking notes. <laughs> I really you should. can listen back to it. And I'll uh, listen back to it. We're uh, doing a podcast. You're doing a podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you can't, you can't expect galleries and, you know, you can't expect the old ways to always work. You've got to reinvent everything. And um, the, um, yeah, galleries do a lot. They help, but mm-hmm. you, you're your own marketing company. Yeah, how that- did you get in? I'm sorry. How did you get like connected with those galleries? Did you like email a bunch of people? Did you call people? Do you know anybody? She asked purely uh, out of curiosity, not for her own reason. No, because I I've never had any luck just right. like emailing hate, galleries. Hate to be immodest, but you know. Um, his his reputation precedes they, him. They they approach me. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, I That's do wonderful. approach galleries now. I I do. Uh, I mean, I'm expanding over to Kansas. Oh, gotta give a plug for something called the Heartland. Art yes, they uh, primarily from the OA Gallery in Kirkwood, yes. and uh, the primarily. Uh, realist galleries mm-hmm. you know who people who can draw and paint but again it's going to be great for the um, the the area the uh, for the longest time people have, you know, you're either in LA or New York or flyover country where mm-hmm. we, we we can go up to Chicago and you know as represented up there but uh, most of the time, people don't think any there is any art mm-hmm. in uh, the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Lisa, so, Lisa Ober is the owner of Ober Anderson Gallery. Lisa Ober. And she she is who I aspire to be someday. If I if I can be as good and as talented and, and amazing a person as Lisa Ober, then, you know, right. I've done okay. And so Lisa Ober is the person in charge. She created yes. the Heartland Program, and it's a collection of of midwest not just missouri um realist and artists. it's open to yes. everybody in the yeah. midwest yeah. there are people um from all over yeah. you know the touching states mm-hmm. yeah. so far but mm-hmm. yeah we have connections to the california art club uh peter adams his wife so maybe if i could Lindsay, go back to your question about like we're getting in touch with galleries and getting into galleries like steven didn't take the normal if you will route about you know making work and then starting at the bottom and working his way up he just he jetta- he jettisoned over all of that <laughs> so and he did and, teleport i yeah. did uh, that just Abs- threw my theory abs- out the absolutely so he out the window. Uh, steven his approach to attaining uh you know fame and 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 attention is completely unusual, especially in St. Louis. Um, he didn't, you know. He showed in Mislart. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done Wallball, right? But other than that, to my knowledge, you have not done any other galleries. You've, you did Poptropolis mm-hmm. at Koken. Yeah, I mean, I've done exhibitions, but in terms of like actual like galleries that are in, you know, what I would call like real galleries. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry, but I, if you pay to be in there. I don't think you're a real gallery. Right. You're a co-op space. Be um, careful. I'm sorry. That's my opinion on it. Because at that point... Well, it's a thing. is a vanity gallery. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a vanity gallery. We call them pay to play. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay. It's If you're a self-published author, I don't really think you're a published author. You know? So, it's like, as we're if me... You, if you jack off, you're not no longer a virgin. You know? It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my you God. Know. Let's go there. Talk so, dirty but, to me. But me, I, I did take the very traditional 
like if you will route like i started at the bottom and i worked my way up and and like 10 years ago i sat down and i made like the list of all the galleries in st louis and you know now in time i figured out you know which ones are for amateur artists and which ones are for people that are trying to break in and then which galleries we all those of us who are doing the gallery scene, which ones we attain to be in. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I still have them in my notebook from the bottom of, I don't know how to say the bottom of the barrel, but the bottom where the right. amateurs start and, you know, the places in the Central West End. For sure. And, you know, um, so I did take that, like, you know, if you will, Candyland route of starting at the bottom and waking your way to the end. Yeah. Um, and it's about who you know. But it's also knowing how to represent yourself. It's also, you know, like putting in the time, start going, attending shows before you even enter a show, start attending. So then the owners of the gallery and the other artists there know your face. Yeah. Um, it's, it's part of the hustle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What's the developing those re- relationships, even with social media? It's kind of like when you're commenting or sharing people's uh, work or their post, then they're going to know who you are even though you've never met them in, in a personal space, but and then they become familiar with you. And then it's not like you're asking for something. Mm-hmm. So I've tried that, but then I've also experimented with just, hey, why why not go out on a limb and let me just throw out for this podcast to somebody whose work I admire. Mm-hmm. And if I don't hear anything, then maybe if I, I, I want to really get that person and chat with them and their work means that much to me, then, yeah, then I'll develop that relationship. So it's kind of like, all right, if it works, great. But if not, then I'll go to the traditional route. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to wait around and spend six I months. Think there's, there's room for every yeah. approach. I mean, Stephen's a classic example. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's, I mean, the same argument. Do you have to go to college these days? You know, do you need right. a master's? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You, you know, most, uh, Bill Gates dropped out of college. Yeah, he did all right. And same thing, you know, it's, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, whatever approach works for you. I th- mm-hmm. I, how much of your personality is, you know, you're selling your personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that there's a great deal of that in... Well, what was the what was the rest of the question? How the much question personality is, is you know about the marketing? Mm-hmm. Not, you, you're a brand, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot more of there's a lot more of me in my marketing than there is me in my art. To tell you the mm-hmm. truth, right? That's yeah. an area. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's not a bad thing. No, no, and it's because of how I reverse engineered my art. I reverse almost like a product design. We were talking about this beforehand, and that I reverse engineered it to like, what is the market that already? If I want to make it as an artist in St. Louis, I knew that I wanted to go where other artists did not already exist in the space. So the blue ocean versus red ocean. I wanted to go to the blue ocean where there weren't a lot of other sharks competing after a small food supply. That's that's the truth with any kind of business if you want to try to succeed. And this is the thing that I talk about in, in my, you know, seminar that I've been doing about, you know, how to make a living with your art. Go to an area where there's not a lot of competition and then dominate that area. You know, just like Lindsay has done with, you know, making and find a niche era area and like when people see your work, they immediately know who did it. I mean, that's brand identity. And that part of it, there's there's a lot of me in there. But, you know, in the actual art, because I'm usually painting for someone else there's not as much of me in there maybe in the method in which i do it um in in the the process of it but in terms of the product that's more about the end customer yeah 
Yeah, but you, you're a vessel for the for yeah. the finished product. Mm-hmm. They, they still, you know, you, you you put all these paintings on the wall. You put one Stephen Wilder, yeah, you know, thousand people would be able to pick it out from a mile. Uh, but it, it it is it is interesting. You know, this is where I I like the conversation going. That you don't need to go the traditional route right. anymore, mm-hmm. and don't. You know, if you don't get into a gallery, don't give in. You know, like you say, that keep going. You know, if you've got, if you feel that your art is valid, and this is you, keep going. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll, like I say, you'll bypass all mm-hmm. this. I think it's there's something about if you're going the same path that others have already gone, and they've gone a number of times. Well, that path has now become a trench. And you've got to try to figure out a way to climb over that trench and get out of it. And for me, it's that I knew that, you know, there were other artists that were going down these other paths and they are all asking the same gatekeepers. Can I go, can I, can I please have permission to enter this next space? And mine was, you know, well, no, fuck you. I'm going to go to a totally different space. If you want me, then you can come ask me. But until then, it's like, that's great. You have your space, but I don't need it to pay my bills, to be a success, to get my name out there. I don't need that. And that's totally fine because in many ways I'm grateful for them in having that path because it's like diverted the path of ants down this one path. And yeah. it's like, it has created the, the, the blue waters. That's so true. Cause like here I am going, wow, I, I never have had like, well, I got into Sula art, art gallery uh, and that's um, where I had my very first great show points, and Koken art gallery. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess I kind of think on a more grand scale and maybe like, you know, on the east side of Chicago or Nashville, uh, Nashville for you. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. For me, with my type of like artwork, I probably was even looking in the wrong place. Like, I mean, art galleries would be great, but like eventually I want to have my own gallery. Like I picture having like my like rock and roll all over the walls and just music playing. And, and maybe that's kind of my thing because I'm not trying to go down everyone else's path. Obviously I'm doing something kind of on my own but um yeah nashville memphis like uh i'm gonna do the big muddy blues fest in st louis on labor day weekend which i'm like pretty excited about i need to try to make some blues pieces before then but um yeah i think with my genre um maybe a traditional gallery wouldn't be the answer but that's okay yeah i would say like for me the biggest i don't know what you want to say uh the thing i have deliberated on is you know to be in the galleries or not be in the galleries um you get seen at the galleries you get um you know you uh, you reach a fan base in the galleries um you do have to pay commission in the galleries um so but but you know that's it is important that you back the gallery if, you, yes, if they're right. good enough no, to I'm show not, you i'm not i'm not smack talking the galleries they the Thank people you. working the gallery the people who own the gallery they deserve to get paid yes right. commissions i'm cool with pay to play not as much yeah, yeah right yeah, commi- yeah absolutely no yeah. and that's like the things that i make deals with charities if they find buyers for my original works i split the fees with them on the originals Fabulous. you know because it's like that's i treat that as a gallery fee you're a finder's fee mm-hmm. and then you can you know their buyer can write it off as a tax expense and but you know. where i struggle is when there's a gallery who wants me to bring down my prices significantly mm. because they take 50 percent. so i could sell this painting out of my house mm-hmm. for two thousand five hundred dollars mm-hmm. but the gallery they want to sell it for two thousand dollars and then they're taking 50 percent 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. so I've really started. You've lost $1,500 at that point. So yeah, now in mm-hmm. with my, with experience and now that I am, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I guess I'm not going to be in your gallery. I'm mm-hmm. in a place now mm-hmm. where I can tell people, no, thank you. You know, which I feel kind of like an asshole. No, but good on, for you. But on the other hand, it's like, look, I can sell this at home for more money than you want mm-hmm. me to put it on your wall. You know, so I, it's it is a good place to be. Yeah. But but once yeah. upon a time, whenever I started down this road, you know, I was like excited when I sold a painting for four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so, know. Yeah. But so, you've graduated past that, and it's and it's one thing great thing I've learned from Stephen is setting boundaries. So knowing what your boundaries are, setting those boundaries and sticking to it. And then, you know, you can hear somebody out. There may be some opportunity that comes up where you decide, okay, this is worth a little less because I'm going to get this. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what I talk about nowadays and doing things for charity or people, it's just like how much skin do they have in the game? Because if somebody doesn't have any skin in the game and they get something for free, Mm -hmm. then they treat it as something that's Mm -hmm. worth zero. Some of the things about is now... Um, sure, there's still charities like the Humane Society, like you say. I, I will give my time and anything I can do to help. One way around it now is when you're approached by somebody to donate a painting, we always say, buy the painting from me and you donate it. Mm-hmm. Totally gets rid of all this. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's like, yeah, people you know, aren't into that. Right. You know, you really want it, you can have it, but pay me for it first. Right. <laughs> One of my workarounds for that is because I, because I did, I intentionally built the brand of, you know, here's an artist that gives, well, I'm only to realize I'm, I'm, I'm give out, you know, it's like I was, it was hurting me financially. Cause it was like, all right, well now we're going into, you know, my monthly internet bill and my, and my mm-hmm. electric bill, and my health insurance. And that's the other thing is like, if you're an artist, you're paying for everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's just me and the household. Well, me and my cats, yeah. you know, yeah. and they ain't doing shit. You know. um, Man, you got to make them earn. You I know, put right? Them out there. <laughs> <laughs> they just eat and poop. That's all they do. Um, and um, and so um, what I did is I started to set up, and it, I was the victim of my own success in that way, in that it's like because it was the brand that I created and it was the image that I wanted out there, and I did genuinely want to help people, but it was hurting me at that stage. So what I did on my website is I created a donation packet mm-hmm. where you know you pay a nominal fee, enough for me to can't carry um, to cover the the printing cost of two small prints of the postage of the 3d glasses and some business cards and postage mm-hmm. and then all the the mailing stuff that goes into it and so i think it's like 15 20 bucks you get a couple of prints and i've had you know charities have done that That's they bought those idea. for me mm-hmm. and at then, least you're covering your right. yeah. and then they sell them and they're able to get like you know maybe 100 bucks a piece from mm-hmm. them right. and it's like yeah they put up 20 but you know they've made 180 and so that's also helped because otherwise people will just ask you know oh my cousin just had a toe transplant yeah. and we're yeah. doing a fundraiser and, and catfish fry <laughs> yeah. can you give us a painting no and that takes no. a lot of the awkwardness out of it we're just like yeah. oh there's already something on my yeah. website here's what i can that. do exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's a great deflection yeah that's fantastic. In, a way to, in a way to still help that doesn't hurt me mm-hmm. good any other i guess if everybody had one marketing tip that you could share to, to the listeners out there or somebody that's a new artist or maybe an established artist that um that just hasn't been able to i guess wrap their head around this any anything stand out so that, I meet, when I was with Mycelart, Mycelart, my St. Louis art, is specifically a space and platform for brand new baby artists. Hmm. And mm-hmm. every month, I, I was the curator and I was the art installation manager. Like I said, I was with them for four, for four years. And 
every month there would be some kid who was amazing and i would i would take literally take them by the hand and sit them down and i would say these are the things you need to do now and if you haven't done them already shame on you go home and do it right now (laughs) go home and do this now you must have an instagram you must have a twitter you must have a facebook fan page and god help you if you can afford it and you have the ability you must have a website like those that's the bare Mm -hmm. minimum and and learn about like learn about the schedule of posting on social media Mm -hmm. there are certain times of day that you will have more post interactions and there are certain times of day where your shit will not get seen learn the analytics mm-hmm. it's it makes a huge yeah, those algorithms you have to figure out also how many shares this and that so that's what i'm trying to find figure out is for this podcast is to, just to sit down with people or send just a personal message saying could you do these couple of steps to help me out because people don't know and networking i mean yeah. not just in person but like online so for example every artist should be on critical mass if you don't know what critical mass is get your ass on there right now every artist should share their work to art artist artwork what's the- critical mass right me too i, I don't know either <laughs> so i just felt very shameful. all right henrik has his own oh, I, I don't know he either. doesn't know <laughs> henrik doesn't know either okay. Shame on us. But, uh, i'm gonna go oh. drown myself in the pool <laughs> <laughs> you guys are welcome to join <laughs> Meanwhile, Alex looks just aghast. Okay. Also, the St. Louis Artist Network. But Critical Mass, give us tell us we need to know this. Okay. It's like, go figure it out, you fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know. I'm not going to help you. Critical Mass is a national art sharing and promotion group that is Mm self-run by people like us it's not a corporation so anytime there's a call for art anytime there's an event anytime somebody makes something that they think is super cool so it's just it's for the people by the people and it's uh, you should i mean maybe check it out yeah i I knew yeah i'll check it out uh the regional arts commission for a while yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew it through them. And then art artist artwork is the yeah. one that I'm the Midwest ambassador for. I don't get paid to say this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. It's my work. Anytime I share a painting on there, it gets seen by thousands Wait, of people. Wait, so is Critical Mass is that a Facebook group? Uh huh. And, oh, okay. and I thought um, it was a website itself. It's a website. Okay. And it's a mailing list, so you would get in emails to your inbox okay. with information. Um, art artist artwork is a website and a Facebook group. And it's do that. Okay. If you care about getting like, you know, social media attention, uh-huh. attention, do that. And then the last thing I would say is Arlena Holtzman is a local St. Louis artist. Um, she created a group called St. Louis Artist Network, I believe is what it's called. And, and I'm supposed to be one of the people helping her run that. And I'll be honest, I don't do anything. <laughs> um, but she does an amazing job. She hustles and mm-hmm. she has really, it's, it's those of us who consider ourselves professional artists are all on there and can share calls for art. It's more of like a St. Louis mm-hmm. critical mass. Yeah. And, She's uh, so cute. Uh, I met her at the Richmond Heights Art Festival, recognized her right away and saw all her work she's so cute and i i something we didn't talk about that i feel like we need to go back to is is different ways that we have attained fame and attained you know uh you know recognition you Mm -hmm. know we've talked about how steven and Lindsay kind of went outside of the stratosphere and and you know henrik like 
he's been painting professionally for 40 years. How long has it been? Uh, no, uh, more. Uh, yeah, when I was at St. Martin's, I was selling my art. Yeah, I mean, so, so that was 75. I've been painting for 20 years. I've been doing it professionally for 10 years. And we all have these certain ways mm-hmm. of, you know, galleries, not galleries, you know. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about art fairs at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Throw it out there. There are, there are people in St. Louis, and that is how they make all their money professional artists they hustle mm-hmm. nelson perez he's a good friend of mine oh his work's phenomenal i yeah. love him love on a personal and a professional mm-hmm. level i just i adore him mm-hmm. and he and his husband they travel all over the united states mm-hmm. and nelson he is making it and he does he does the art fairs yes mm-hmm. he show he has you know he puts on shows poptropolis and booze art at coconut art factory but like mm-hmm. nelson and also tim kent moore he's a he's a great friend of mine mm-hmm. and and a lot of artists here in st louis you know they do the clayton art they do the one in um Schlafly. yes Schlafly. Mm-hmm. they do uh, let them eat art like so art fairs that is a route some people take mm-hmm. that is very successful i don't like sitting in the sun i don't mm-hmm. want to set up a tent mm-hmm. i don't i'm lazy whatever um so it's like there there's not just one way to do mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. you know it's all about finding what works for yeah. you i agree completely yeah mm-hmm. uh Henry, do you I'll, have go, any? I'll go last uh, yeah, I mean, persevere. You've got to, like you say, be aware of everything. And I mean, it, you've got to take a risk. You know, you can't just wait and think, oh, this is the latest fashion. You know, this is the latest shiny thing. And uh, yeah, try it and go for it. As long as you commit 100%, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like we talked about Lindsay and Steven, but we didn't really talk about like, Henrik, your style is so... Anyone can look at one of your paintings and immediately know it is your work. Did, did Is that just what always naturally came pouring out of you? Or is your signature style now something that you developed over time? Or Because, like, for me, you call yourself a realist. I also yeah. call myself a realist. Steven, I think, also considers himself a, a realist. So realism can be interpreted mm-hmm. so many different ways right. if you aren't familiar with Henrik's work it's it's you describe it be, because yeah, I mean, it's I, so different than what I do right I, but I paint from life and I use the human form to um, with, when you paint it from life you've got more information than you can throw a rock at and so you've got to take what you see but by painting from life, you know, you see the colors, you know, you see the pinks, the purples, and the, you, you just don't get it from a photograph. Mm. And the other thing is, you get to meet the person. I have n- met so many incredible people, and, uh, you know, we just spend time together mm-hmm. creating art. That's what, one on. of the reasons I did this podcast is to have a chance to connect with people I find that are interesting and meet new people. Mm-hmm. So I thank Stephen for setting this up. Uh, yeah, I think it is about that connection, art more so. It is for for me. I think it's more about that connection than it is about the attention because I want to have those conversations. And at times I feel like I'm not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but to talk about. I don't know, a particular work or something that happened in life or something that I've created or my interpretation, it really, 
I don't know. That that does it for me. It gives me that that uh, shot of energy that I need. Yeah, I was recently like, I, I recently had a friend uh, pass away, and Stephen came to my house, and he and I were talking about a lot of really mm-hmm. personal things that I was struggling with. And my conversation though with with Stephen from that day, I realized that what are what are the things I'm spending my time on? Who are the people I'm mm-hmm. spending my time with? And I and I've had some time now to process and 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 grieve and really think about what I'm doing with my life and what my goals are. And for me, it's not about being in all the galleries. For me, it's not, you know, like knowing people being like, hey, Alex, it's not about like, it's not mm-hmm. about that for me. For me, it's about my work, reaching people and meaning something to someone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. My photographs start, my paintings start as photographs from my personal life. They are a photograph from a moment in time from my personal life. And I, I translate that, I draw it and then I paint it mm-hmm. and I turn it into a painting. And so for me, it's about those moments in my life being shared with the people in my life. And if someone is so moved by something that meant something to me that they want to put it in their home or they want to share it on Facebook, that's my motivation. Yeah. Not necessarily the money mm-hmm. or being in the galleries. It's it's sharing moments of my life with other people. Mm. Yeah, I think you, you spend your whole life learning a visual language. And eventually you get to a point where you've got something valid to say. <laughs> and you can say it in an unambiguous way. You, that is what art, to, to me, means. That, you know, it's such a privilege. It really is. I get up every day. I just do what I want. And, uh, you know, it's priceless. Um, yeah. And then, then you realize, yeah, you've got to eat sometime. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, which is, t- you know, ties you into the, but the modern life. It has never been a better time to be an artist. <laughs> St. Louis is a great art place, and uh, yeah, I've, I can't say enough good things about so many support groups, so many um, places. We really do have a great we do. community. We do. We, we, we are St. Louis, we actually support and love and lift up one another as artists. Right. Yeah. People aren't people aren't right there's no rivalries. No, there it's, really isn't. It's the opposite. Yeah, like I mean, Concrete Ocean, for example, is like the family that Brian built. Uh, Brian Peace is what is the owner of Concrete Ocean and a very good friend of of Henrik's and mine. And 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 then uh, yeah, it's Steven. I mean, you know, from just being at Poptropolis. Like, I mean, we're all it's like we're a family just hanging out together for me i mean that's mm-hmm. a huge part of it is you know oh friends chosen family yeah. Yeah. yeah i love that term chosen mm-hmm. family yeah Lindsay, what do you say as far as marketing is concerned um and then we'll have a few more arty questions after we finish this segment if you get my time. thing um that kind of i think helps with my uh social media reach is that earlier on i started out um kind of unapologetically adding or accepting people that were 
in to my your personal profile. Yeah, to oh, no. friends of friends, Mm-mm. and I grew my network, and I have like maxed out on friends. And some people didn't really understand that at first, and they were like, "Oh, how? Why are you friends with like my mom's boss or something?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know. I think you're overthinking it." Because honestly, what I was just trying to do was grow my network, and it worked for me uh-huh. because um, people that liked my or that were my friends then could see what I was up to. I kind of put everything together. I'm not really concerned about like the professional page versus my page. I kind of combine it together and I think mm-hmm. uh, at least for me it works. Um and I've also So you're, are you comfortable with people you don't know seeing pictures of your children? Yes. Yeah. So I some of them I set to just friends. And okay, I set there to, we go. Yeah, public. But um okay. I mean like a lot of the people are just like, you know, I'm from like the Limerick School District area. Everybody's like friends of friends and it worked for me mm-hmm. and I've grown my network that way. And now I'm so glad that I did that then. There was a few awkward times or whatever, but now I can make a post and like it'll get like 20, 30 shares, 800,000 likes. And it's because of that time in my life where I just kind of grew mm-hmm. my network. Yeah. And um, I'll have people that like m- went to school with my mom that buy a piece for $3,000 or someone that knows yeah. my brother from his band yeah. and buys a piece for $3,000. You just so. never know who that person's going to be. Right. So it's, I so, mean, I get... Yeah, there is hesitation. Alex, what you're for saying, some, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of tough, but it's I, I guess you realize what is at sacrifice. Okay, I yeah. may have less privacy. I may be opening this right. up, but then that may be the like I would the never post a picture of like, my kids with like what school they go to and stuff like that. You know, I'm not trying to put them in a vulnerable or dangerous position, but I do think that for what I do, that's my money. Like Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. that's my money. I'll put whatever. I, I have my life so compartmentalized mm-hmm. into. Like, I'm also a drag king, so I have a page for that. Mm-hmm. I'm an artist. I have a page for that. I collect for your, for toys. toys. Yeah, yeah I collect <laughs> toys and, and take photographs of them doing silly, stupid things all over St. Louis. I have a page for that. I help run Metro Trans yeah. Umbrella Group. I have a page for that. So, like, I have every aspect of my life has a specific section. Yeah. And I tried to do that, like, with different projects, and I realized that I'm spending all this time and I'm not building that up and then I realize that wait a second I'm the brand Mm -hmm. and so it's what I'm creating in my view of the world and how I'm looking at the world so then I decided all right Instagram I'm just going to do it you know as my name and then I'll put my separate projects as different sections I think it's awesome that you you've you are where you are and that you've done things the way you've done them and I think it really worked for you I think maybe though for me like a lot of people don't care for my personality. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people uh, don't care for the fact that I'm transgender. Um, so I've, I've received some hate mail um, about those things. So I've started to be a lot more mm. protective and careful of, of course, who I approve. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, so, and especially with the deaths that we've had in the transgender community in the last two weeks, um, I've really started to kind of like unfriend some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so my personal life is not just public domain because yeah. I, of the people that I am trying to protect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm in a very different place, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. And, and I came from a Catholic, uh, racist environment. Mm-hmm. And so I... I am a little defensive because I've grown up having to be that way. Yeah. Sure. It makes sense why you why you would have to be more protective in that way. And that's yeah. what works for you. It's so I'm kind of jealous. Like, 
you know i'm, I'm of, jealous of Lindsay because her engagement on her stuff is through the roof she's amazing so well yeah. you could do it too my boobs aren't as good <laughs> <laughs> aren't as good i mean they're all right but yeah you know, yeah, you know yeah. um so my marketing advice um probably the most important thing and the simplest thing to all artists is don't ever do anything for free um if someone tries to tell you it'll be good for your exposure you know or it'll be good for exposure you know just well i checked and schnooks doesn't take exposure coupons you know um i made a flow chart for my class that i teach of you know at the top it's like should i work for free and it splits into two or it goes down to the next choice decision is the person asking you oprah if it's yes, then okay, maybe mm-hmm. Oprah can get you some pretty good exposure. If it's no, it's fuck no. Uh-huh. Um, and it, you know, value your work. And the thing that we were talking about earlier is that it's like if people really value your stuff, then you know they're going to put up money for it or they're going to make an investment for it. And I also recently read this post on Reddit that was, that was really appropriate. It's like, why do people undervalue art so much? And I think that there's something in this individual they had written, and I, it resonated with me in that there's some almost kind of like a resentment or a devaluing of people who have a career that they enjoy. It's that, you know, here singers, I am yeah. having this career and working my ass off singers, for these, um, for, to, to be able to afford this art, to be able to afford whatever I afford by, you know, having this 60 hour work week, you know, that I'm slave to. And mm-hmm. yet here you are, you get to do art all. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. And because you love what you do, you should just give it to me. <laughs> well, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, was a um, Picasso quote where he does a drawing in like the plaza and, and, somebody says could you do this character of me and he does it in like a minute and a half and and he says all right it's um fifteen hundred dollars and i say fifteen hundred dollars it took you a minute and a half he says a minute and a half plus 85 years mm-hmm. so that's so exactly that experience, what exactly well i was john singer sergeant said the same yeah, yeah. They're, they're old old people do that but no <laughs> uh, i think picasso is so- the one who said drink some water if you're in the desert yes and maybe <laughs> I just I I'm think, taking that one and I'm going to reform it and it's going to be a great quote one make day. it the title Bumper of this sticker. podcast I'm going to figure it out I love that Stephen and I are such good friends but we have completely opposite views yeah. on these things mm-hmm. like I appreciate that so why, much why, why, why should that be a problem it's not a problem I, yeah, it, I don't, I don't, like, well tell us your view what, what's your philosophy regarding that charity work specifically like I put my blood sweat and tears into it Mm -hmm. and I give it away for free because I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I can Mm -hmm. like Steven is he pays his bills he pays his mofo bills mofo (laughs) I am you know I'm married I've been married for Mm -hmm. almost 20 years and my partner is the one who pays the bills Mm -hmm. so my time and energy and I've I had a a very during this time whenever I was struggling um, I had a really serious conversation with my partner and I, I asked him do you give a shit what i do with my time do you care if i make money do you do you care how i spend my day and he said honey as long as you are happy and fulfilled that is all that matters to me so i recognize that i'm mm-hmm. com- i'm very privileged and so i put my time and energy into nonprofit organizations i want to help i want to make a difference in people's lives and i put my time 
into creating paintings and yes some of those paintings sell but yes i do charity mm -hmm. events and i give my paintings away for free so like steve and i we've had a lot of conversations about this you know and neither one of us is like bitter or feels like the other person is wrong at all but like wall ball and henrik's been in wall ball before you know i i i bust my ass and i know that Every year, I spend at least in a month and a half, usually two months, making the most amazing painting that I can to donate to Wallball because I believe that ArtScope is an amazing organization. Mm -hmm. And like I was talking about earlier, the Art of Pause, I think it's a great organization. So I, I do it because it's something I can do mm -hmm. to help other people. But I completely like, I guess, yeah, I'm recognizing that I am privileged um, and that I have that time mm -hmm. that I can give and those resources that I can give. Sure. Um, so it's, but I just like, I, I admire everyone at this table so much that, you know, we all have come to this journey from different directions and we are, you know, successful in our own ways mm -hmm. based on our own self-proclaimed idea of what success mm -hmm. is. And that's one thing I always ask. And, uh, I want to get back. We might as well segue to that, but I, I definitely want to get back. I've, I've got one thing that I, yeah, yeah. I did want to say about that, and it's a it's a Bob Ross quote. I bought a book of Bob Ross quotes, so you're going to see a lot of those <laughs> on my Instagram. But he said, and it applies here, if we all made art in the same way, what a boring world it would be. Mm -hmm. And it seems true. It's like if we ran our, our careers the same mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And here's, well, here's the other advice that I give. How I end all my, my presentations that I've done is ignore every single thing that I just told you, you know, in that break rules. This is what's worked for me. It's mm -hmm. not a singular solitary yep. way that's going Amen. to work for everyone. True. Take what yeah. you, what you need, leave what you don't. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's what I've done with and seeing other people do things. And it's just to say that the, again, this is what's worked for me. It's not an absolute. It's not, you know, that everyone has to do it clearly yep. because, you know, Alex has circumstances that allows, you know, uh, for, for the art career that, you know, Alex has had to flourish, you know, and it's like, and then I've had mine that I've needed to be able to, mm -hmm. to pay the mofo bills, you know, as you say. And so it's like, it, yeah, it, it, it's like you said, neither one is more valid or right. less valid right. than the other. They just simply are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I was looking through my notebook the other day while traveling and my cousin Bob Vogel had, we were talking about marketing and whatnot and I just completely forgot about this. And one thing that he said, which I love, is I can't do it for free, but I can come up with a no cash option. Hmm. What does that mean? Because everybody does something. So like, for instance, video work. I mean, we were talking earlier, Alex. Uh, I'm I don't know how to do shit around my house. I mean, I can figure things out, but is it worth me spending a week to do something up to the standards that I have? Or when I know I can put a video together well, and then I can have somebody that is a house painter or somebody that builds a deck or it's a like sidewalk, trade. and we can figure mm -hmm. it out. Because often, you know, I want to do like help people and do great things but then i realize oh as i get older it seems like my perception of time maybe but it's it's more limited so it is the perception as well as the you know this the physics of it and so it, at times like i said if if you're giving somebody something for free then that's a lot of times they value it as oh i didn't pay anything so they value it at that zero sum mm -hmm. whereas if maybe they labored or, or did something else so i mean that's my personal mm -hmm. philosophy so Somebody can do something, or if it's you're at a charity event, and it's all right. Well, hey, make sure let me bring a friend or two, or give me a table, 
Right. Because it's not costing them really anything extra if they've had somebody else's contributed or, you know, the four seasons or whatever. So for them to extend that, then therefore Stephen can bring like a group of friends who are, you know, who may contribute and buy other silent auction items. So it's like a win-win type thing. Yeah. I mean, the Art of Pause gives you two free, you know, tickets and drink tickets and, you know, I mean, and it's a great, it's a great party. Wall Ball is a great party. Um, So, I mean, yeah. When is Wall Ball? Uh, usually late February, and it's, it's. And what's the deadline for? Um, so the that's blind? a funny question. Right. So, um, wall ball is so usually they go in the order of previously shown artists. So if you've been in wall ball before, you get accepted first, and then. If you haven't been in Wallball, then you are like, then that's when you're accepted. So, like, they'll accept, like, the first 30 artists who have already shown, and then they'll have, like, 10 spots mm-hmm. for new artists. Mm-hmm. So, if you are one of those, if you're if you're wanting to be one of those 10 new artists, then, yeah, like, I would send your email in, like, December. Because early January is when they start giving out the email, or start, mm-hmm. start giving out the canvases and yeah. promoting. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think this is a good tip to know like deadlines for things, whether it be a screenwriting well, competition, an art fair, because often those things are months ahead of time yeah. or a year um, ahead of time. Fairs. Well, yeah, like, you know, we showed at Stephen and I both showed at Third Degree Glass Factory. And, you know, most people don't know that if you want to show at Third Degree Glass Factory, you need to send in your submission in October because they choose all 12 artists for the entire year at the end of December. Mm-hmm. So... You know, if you are, if that's something you want to do, you need to send in your stuff early. And yeah. it helps to know the person who's picking the art. Ar- Arlena Holtzman's group is really good for getting mm-hmm. those dates on your radar. Mm-hmm. For those of you out there listening, you want to know, like, you know, I don't even know what I don't know. Because especially your first year go round with it, you, there's an exhibit that comes along. It's like, well, holy shit, I didn't even know about this. Mm-hmm. Even though the application process was six months beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I need to be aware about this for next year. Or at least know people who know when those dates are coming up. Yep. And so the day of the dead exhibit at the Missouri History Museum is seen is attended by thousands of people, maybe millions of people. And so, you know, though, that means you need to have your painting made like six months before because Mm -hmm. they accept submissions three months before. So it's like it's it's all about like the calendar year and knowing when things are due. Do you guys use application that kind yeah, of gives for the, you for the art fairs. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. gives you deadlines. Yeah, that is yeah. that is a great thing. Yeah, it's good to know. There's a, all kinds of tools people can find mm-hmm. out through here. Yeah, what uh, is it? Zap? Is it zapplication? dot com? Is that it? Yeah, you can search by like city yeah. or mm-hmm. date, but it tells you like the deadline for applications. Right. And I remember looking at that when I first started. Jenny Churchill actually recommended that mm-hmm. to me. Yep. Oh, no. Jenny Churchill. Yeah. We all love her. We miss you, Jenny. We miss her. We love you, Jenny. We love you, April. Oh, we got a little side conversation. Just go ahead and ask. Okay. Um, the, the, what's going on, you know, these days in the, in the real world is a oh, mess. Gosh. More and more people are t- turning to art to, for t- just for validation. I think it's the only place where you can express yourself. There are seven billion people on the planet, but there's only one of you. And 
people have lost individuality these days. People are turning to art in droves. All I wanted to know was, um, you know, how do you, how does how do what you three and you too can? How do, where do you feel art's going? Where do you where do you see the future? You asked me this the day that we were in one of the days oh, we were I'm in. Sorry. Your, it's, no, it's it's, 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 it's a great question. Always, you know, I've done art all my life, and I get so much satisfaction from it. And I assume everybody else does, but you know, it's frustrating, but it's mm-hmm. great. You know what? Where's it going? What What's it mean for you? I'm not answering anyway. first. <laughs> you know, can, can I answer this one? Sure. Yeah. I think art definitely shows what's going on at the time. So when we look at music, and I talked to someone else about like the Vietnam War documentary, the Ken Burns, and the context of the music that was created during those times, myself just being born around that time, I had no idea. It's like, oh, this song feels good. I like you know what I experienced while listening to it. But then when you look at what the artist, what was going on when they created it, it's just a whole different perspective. And I think painted pieces, same way, sculptures. I think it really, when you see what date that came out, what's going on currently or what was going on at a certain time period, we can really, I think, better understand that because it's how the people that were living through it, that was their interpretation. But uh, to go back to that, you know, you had Bob Dylan, you had, you know, uh, years later, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, the apocalypse now. It was everything seemed to be much more depth today things feel superficial well i think because of that social media that we talked about that now to express yourself you can just say you know f you if you don't like this and and just the vitriol and all that where back in those times art was probably one of the ways one of the only ways that they could get it out there and communicate it where now i can pull out my phone and just say Fuck you, Stephen. I don't agree with what you're thinking of, and you know, and if you don't know, but in the same respect, which, of course, I'm not like it that. It doesn't have the same meaning. It doesn't. It does. Uh, you know, f you doesn't mean f you. It just means another. It goes over your head. You don't even care anymore. Yeah, or you just zone it out. Whereas a piece right. of art, one person may, they may interpret that art one way that is saying, like f you, and then when really. Like, who knows what uh, Melania Trump's jacket, what that was saying. You know, it could be that where you create a piece of art that is saying... It was a distraction from, from, yeah, yeah, from everything else. Yeah, from but but we can look at that where that uh, some person goes, oh, this is a beautiful piece. I love what this is saying. Where really that artist is saying, F you to somebody. Mm. So I mean, that's the interesting thing. It's the interpretation. For me, right. I think that Lindsay and Steven are a perfect representation of her. They're a reflection of pop culture and what is going on in the world. So you represent it through, you know, the actors and the sports players and the sports ball. Um, and, you know, and, and you, you're reflecting it in what is popular in music. Um, for me, I'm not reflecting what's in pop culture by any means. For me, but don't, it's, don't you think you have a duty to do that? Don't you think that you should stand up and back what you're saying? What do you mean what I'm saying? Or back, you know, it's like, shouldn't you comment on what's going on Hmm. now? Hmm. I think her pieces do that in a different way. Like they. Sorry. There we go. Go They. 
Um, the piece with the game pieces and the one is yes, falling that down. Piece. I love yeah. that. He showed that to me the yeah. other day. So, and- I mean, some of my pieces are do make a political commentary, but not in a obvious way, mm-hmm. in a more playful way. Yeah. Like, for example, um, the day that Doma was overturned, I did a, I started a painting that is all the colors of the crayons in the box, and I specifically lifted up the colors of the trans flag. So the pink mm-hmm. and the blue ones are standing above, but surrounded by all the other colors. And then the piece that Lindsay is talking about, um, I had the little... The little, pe- the little men from the Candyland game, the red, yellow, and blue ones have pushed down the green one because mm-hmm. he's a secondary color. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do make little nods like that, um, but it's not like, it's not a painting of a protest and someone's holding up a sign that says, fuck Trump. So mm-hmm. like for me, like I did a painting of a local drag queen named Maxie Glamour who identifies as non-binary. I also identify as non-binary. So doing a portrait of a non-binary person who is well-known in St. Louis is my way of supporting Mm -hmm. that. But so for me, I guess what I am reflecting, since I don't reflect, you know, popular culture, is I want to be a reflection of everyday Mm -hmm. life in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, for example, uh, my father-in-law was a farmer, and I went out one day with him and took photos all over his farm, and there was this motorcycle in a barn that had been, not been, you know, used or even probably looked at in 30 or 40 years. And so I took a photograph of it, and I turned it into a painting. And so it, it's a representation of Midwestern farm life. But for me, the motorcycle represents um, the leather community the lesbian community Mm -hmm. the this idea of rebellion this idea of freedom this idea of individuality and fuck the system Mm -hmm. so so symbolism's great for that i I, I love that that's more interesting than just saying fuck this guy whoever they may be my pieces are incredibly symbolic Mm -hmm. it's not just a glass of brandy so there's this painting that i did uh, it's a glass of water and a brandy and everyone wants to buy this painting and everyone loves this mm-hmm. painting. And I'm like, no, it's mine. It's for, it's not for sale. Mm-hmm. So that photograph I took on a night that I was on a, a date with my girlfriend and she was going to be moving away and I knew I would never see her again. And I took this photograph. And for me, that painting represents the masculine and the feminine forms. And I put masculine colors in the feminine shaped vessel and I put feminine colors in in the masculine shaped vessel. I, I, I switched mm-hmm. it to represent, you know, fuck the stereotypes of what presentation and gender norms are supposed to be. So for me, uh, you know, that's what I do. But as far as specifically getting back to Hendrick's question mm-hmm. of what is art right now and where mm-hmm. is it going? Where is it going? I feel like we have no way of knowing that because we don't know the future. But for me, God, I hope it changes from where we are right now. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. right now there is this resistance. I'm hoping that people are finding love and encouragement in art, like what you were saying, Ken. But I'm hoping that there's this message of hope, of of lifting one, one another up. And I'm hoping that in another 10 and 20 years, you know, that uh, the idea of art, we're always pushing the boundaries of what art is, and especially now with the digital media, um, what art can become. Uh, 
who knows what things are going to look like in another 20 years. Especially if we all break the rules. (laughs) What are the rules? Well, I mean, instead of, you know, doing it kind of by the book, how art school might suggest kind of doing things differently or adding an element or like if something comes to your mind and you might be thinking, I don't know if I know I do that. I'll be like, I don't know if that would like ruin the piece or if that would be too much or whatever. I think in those moments you should go with it because like that's what people want to see is your interpretation or your kind of like, you know, your flavor. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that is exactly what I'm trying to get out of you. You know, what you know, the commitment to your own art, you know, that, that I mean, that's the only thing you can do. I think that there's so much that's been done with technology. I and mean, when you look at let's use photography as an example and where photography was 25 years ago and how hard it was to produce the quality of photographs that we see, we have like professional, like 25 years ago and our phones. The ability to make these, you know, gallery quality photographs, which, yeah. Just click over to the portrait. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's broken down these walls and it's like, was that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but I know that it's made it a lot more accessible for people. We have, you know, a greater proliferation of art stores and art supplies and um, access (laughs) an art mart. Um, Thank you for shopping locally owned. Um, And, um, and then also I just think that. Um, it's more accessible and more available. People are using it more as an escape now. Um, one of the things that's been really surprising to me is the advent and the the, the huge uh, popularity of adult coloring books and people who are you know <laughs> zenning out to just yeah. you know coloring and you know but they also that, do that's it on really apps. amazing. They color on apps on their phone. Yeah. Oh my which to me is like that, which is kind of weird. Well, there are people that create art on their phone or, mm-hmm. or art on their apps, which I totally get because I'm also a little prejudiced against digital art creation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we get that too. But at the same time, um, yeah, so I think there's that. There's that that's going to inform the future creation of art. There is how we are a society that we consume content. So that could mean that there's going to be even more art because people want to consume more content. Look at Pinterest. And we have, like you were saying earlier, you have so much more access to art than we ever had. Like we'd have to go to libraries and get books. I don't know if you guys saw these. I'm totally dating myself. But even in the early 90s when I was in college, well, I went to college in 93, so you know, mid-90s. Um, but they had uh, book, art books that had plates in them. Right. So it's like, and these were like... Um, reproductions of these um of these paintings that were like they were stickered into the books because they didn't have the print capabilities to reproduce the the print of the art on the pages and now that technology is so easy i mean you can do it on your home computer um so i also think of you know the idea that 90 percent of everything is total shit so it's like there's going to be this there's a lot of stuff that's out there and that 10 percent is going to be the 10 percent that endures and the last thing I'll say is in terms of we're talking about music earlier, how mu- music previously had more of a message and a meaning and an impact. Well, that's because back then we had songwriters and now we have corporations that are making oral products mm-hmm. for people to consume. And this is something I'm guilty of because I'm creating visual things for people to consume. So it's like, is my art going to endure in 25 years? I don't know. Will it endure in a hundred when people are like, who, who was Ozzy Smith? Oh yeah. He'll have the same impact as, you know, I don't know. Cool. Papa Bell will on, you know, the, the, the general populace. Like we don't really know who this guy is and, and all these other things, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it's a combination of all of that, 
that, you know, it's going to be very different because of how accessible it is to other people. I don't know that it's a bad thing, but it is definitely a thing. That's interesting. And I never thought about it that way. I always just felt like like the musicians that I make portraits of are like so recognizable now. Mm-hmm. But like, what about in like 200, 300 years, they're gonna be like, who the hell was James? <laughs> yeah, who was Nellie? Yeah, no right. one's gonna know who Nellie so was. Funny. Yeah. But it, well. yeah, the, at the same time, you know, you gotta be excited by it. You know, the, like you say, you know, I mean, you still talk, you see, you start talking to somebody who makes a living with a hairy stick. <laughs> and, uh, what? What the? What? A paintbrush. It's just hair on the end of a stick. Oh, I was like, I thought we were. I thought it was like a a euphemism. I was like, I was like, what? I I am always curious. You know how that would be. That would be my stripper name, Harry Stick. (laughs) I make my living with a Harry Stick. Uh, Oh my god! When I first came here, you know, I thought Cahokia Mountains is a stripper. But anyway, (laughs) the. I do, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm curious. I, I am, I think part of being an artist is that curiosity. You're mm-hmm. always trying to figure things out. You're always trying to, you know. I work it out visually, you know. And um, this, but I, I just wanted your own, you know. You, we're, we're in a room talking about art and where it's going, and it's. I just wanted your input because you know you're you're very incredible people i hope that as we go into the future that and i imagine there will always be those individuals who are creatively driven who who like me and like you and we are we are driven and we don't have a choice we need to express ourselves Mm -hmm. and that as we go into the future and the digital age becomes even bigger and, and more and faster and, and easier. And now we have like two year olds who know how to get on the internet and play on apps and can open your iPhone and do what, I mean, two year olds that I'm hoping that we will move in this opposite direction that, that the hand created art will be even more revered and not just, thrown away because anybody can color on their iPhone that the people who can make and do and create out of nothing will be more prized I I, I hope I see that already because well sorry no, I see that we'll already. wrap it up with this final yeah, with these I, final round of comments in that people have asked me before when they see my my artwork and they say oh did you do this digitally I'm like no this is this is acrylic paint I'm like oh okay and you can see in that moment that there's a devaluing of art that has been created right. digitally and they want the thing that has been created by hand. Someone so. asked me the other day, what app do you use to make this? I was like, oh, what? My is there brain. an app? I, I would love that. Uh, no, I do this all by brain. hand. No, I mean, I do paint. I, I take my photograph and then I, you know, my partner bought me like a gigantor monitor and I paint from my monitor. I don't paint from life. Henrik paints from life. He has that person sitting on the sofa for hours. And But as we're me, I paint from a monitor. So, you know, I do use uh, technology mm-hmm. in, as a part of my art. But before I had that gigantic ass monitor, I would actually go to the Kinko's or the Walgreens or whatever and print out a physical photograph and and then you know looking from the photograph paint on my canvas so now though like using that huge ass monitor all like i just gotta zoom i just pan over which parts do i want to make bigger where do i need to add detail so i i'm i know i'm using technology 
the argument uh, I mean that's yeah sure use yeah use everything you can but the argument is if Leonardo da Vinci was alive today would he have made film hmm interesting you know that is so what you know what I'm saying is what you know like you say you can make art on anything out of anything what, what, why? I think the, the big question right. is why are you creating that art? Not that you're doing it. And it's the self-expression. Yeah. To help Social others. Social commentary. Help to others. help others and to get attention. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way in, yeah. in that regard. Yeah. A little bit. Lindsay, why? Um, I don't know. I've just, I just feel the need. Like, I have to be doing this. It Actually, it started out... Um, like when I was just kind of being very inquisitive on social media before I knew I was an artist, I was always like posting questions and thought provoking things. And I kind of like, I fed off of that part of it. And I think it was from getting people engaged and like having a conversation that wouldn't have otherwise happened. That was thrilling to me. And that happens with my artwork now. And I don't do that anymore. So I feel like I've kind of filled that void, but the same motive was there. It was just kind of bringing people together from something that out of nothing that wouldn't have normally happened. So that's what drives me. Yeah. Henrik, what is your why? Well, do? yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I've, I, I don't even think about it anymore. I create art. I, uh, there's so many pro- questions I've got to, uh, um, and I, like I said, I like to resolve it in a visual way. That, oh, that, like that, that is for me. Yeah, that's but, uh, but, you know, we're all individuals, you know, so I just wanted yeah. everybody's take that, cool. you know, and I'm sure there's 7 billion answers yeah. to it. But, uh, yeah, it's all subjective. Well, th- this you. was a lot of fun, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Thank you. We'll have one addition. Speaking of marketing, uh, we'll have one additional question Stephen presented, which we'll do as a bonus content for those who sign up for my mailing list. So I'm going to try that break outside the box and try something different. But thanks, everyone. Once again, I'll post all of your uh, all of your work on the show page, and then we'll. Uh, you know, people can go look and see what you're all about and, you know, your, how you communicate visually. Thank you. Great. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank, Thank you. you.